Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life around it. Like driving. That would be nice. I did, I did a little bit of driving. You have done a little bit of driving. I did a little bit of driving before I had a driving fail. So I knew I needed to go to the dentist and you had accidentally scheduled a work item at that time. Yes. I was not going to be able to take you to the dentist because I had to be in an actual in-person meeting. Right. Unless you took me too early and all kinds of nonsense. So yes. anyhow, we did a little trial run. We drove over to the grocery store parking lot. Where there's a pizza place. Yeah. We picked up pizza. Yeah. And you drove us there. Mm-hmm. I did. And back. And to back up, driving is a challenge. Why? Surgery recovery. You are not doing so well at sitting vertically. I cannot sit vertically. Really, I can't. I mean, I've tried. Yeah. Yeah. So I did I did sit pretty vertical with a donut pillow. Not the kind that bounces around the air one, but a cushion one. The foam one. Foam one, yeah. Yeah. And I did drive to the pizza place, and I did drive to the dentist the next day, and it was fine. And then you had to go out of town for work. I did. And I had various folks coming over to help me with a few things. Because it's still a good idea for you to have somebody coming over and helping you with things each day. It is, and there are things that need to be done that I should not do at all still, because I have two sutures that haven't closed. So, well, they might have been closed at some point, but they are not currently closed like they should be. The two that we talked about before that had popped out of your skin when everything was swollen. Probably. And when you were moving around. And so, yeah, you've got two fistulas. I do. And... I had some stuff in the yard, uh, a lot of broken tree branches from wind and weather. And so our lawyer friend came over and I was smart enough to call to contact the nurse first at the gender clinic and say, hey, just I just want to check. So can I clean up? Can I do yard work? And more specifically, can I use a chainsaw? And she wrote back and said, no, (laughs) no, you may not. Please have somebody else do that. Well, Um, and it's funny because I remember like two months ago, we were saying, oh yeah, George won't be able to sit around and do nothing. George won't be able to keep himself from doing all the things. George won't be able, and you were like, yeah, yeah, I can. I did it with my colon surgery and I did, and we're all like, no, you really didn't, but okay. Well, I, I did with the colon surgery, but that was a different story. That was a complete inability to move from one end of the room to the other. But in any case, the thing I knew would happen is if I didn't ask and get a very specific yes or no answer, I would convince myself that just a little bit of cutting with the chainsaw would be okay. That is way too much effort in your core. Not a good idea. Right, right. Because when you use your core, it's pressing all of your internal organs down against your PC muscles, which is where you have two fistulas. Yes. Yes. So some folks came over on different days while you were gone. But because people did come and go and do things, I did do too much. I walked around a lot while things were being cut up. I didn't pick things up and carry them. But you did not, but you did do a lot of crouching and bending, especially when it came to trying to get the sprinklers Turn back on for right, the year. Right, because my former work wife came over mm-hmm. to help turn on the sprinklers and we turned it on and it had a huge leak in the pressurized part of the system. It, it needed parts inside. A cold winter and the parts were old and so forth made them leak. And after she left, I realized, oh, I could just look this up on YouTube. And I did. And then I went out there and took it apart. And then I gave the dog a little haircut. And so I did too much kneeling down. I have to kneel down. I can't a- actually crouch. I can bend over. 
over and I can kneel, but I cannot crouch down. That's too much pressure to uh, I'm pulling pulling areas. Right. Friends, this is not a video podcast, but can you see my shocked face that George did too much? They can. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize I had done too much because I had done icing in between. Mm-hmm. I had been taking Advil and Tylenol if needed. But that evening I was going to a friend's to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And so I had still left the donut pillow in the car so I could drive. And I got in the car and started driving up the hill from her house to her house. And going uphill, you're at a slightly different angle you know? And I noticed pretty fast that I was not only uncomfortable, but having pain. Mm -hmm. So I pulled over and this place is, it's like really close to our house. Yeah. Yeah. But I pulled over, I tried to fix everything. It wouldn't fix. I went there and I had ice and everything in the car. So I went there and iced myself and ended up paying for it for about two more days. Like actual pain, waking up in pain, pain. Because you came home and I still had pain the next day after that. Right. So it was two days after that before it stopped again. Yeah. Cause I was out of town for three and a half days. Right. So then I did not drive. If something needed to happen, somebody had to drive me or like one of them had to drive over and the same person had to drive over and get my aunt and bring her here so I could look at her housing paper. Her housing paperwork needed to be filled out and she couldn't do that. No, because dementia. So I have not driven the car. So yeah, you were in pain for a couple days after having a very busy day because you had just done too much. And then even after recovering from that too muchness, you still had pain and you still had these fistula that were not closing. And you looked online and you saw, you know, just to anecdotally look into what other guys who had had similar surgeries and who had had fistula said. Yeah, I looked in a couple groups that I belong to and most of the guys said it took about three weeks for them to heal a fistula. And it's been at least three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I would was looking at, you know, trying to see what was going on. And I could see a couple little loops of suture material mm-hmm. that were pressing, almost like pressing the areas open. And like stuck in the middle of the opening. Yes. And to, to me, they look a lot like a thick fish fishing line. Like, you know, they, they are probably made of something that eventually, not melts. What is the word? Dissolves. 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 Yeah. That yes. Thing. It dissolves, but it's meant to dissolve very slowly, like it's meant to take a long time Mm -hmm. because they want that really, whatever they've sewed together to stay put before it dissolves. But if it's pushing at it. Well, and yeah, because like at that point, it's not holding anything together anymore because the skin had ruptured where the stitches were when everything was way too swollen and it wouldn't hold together. Right. So I took some pictures of it and sent it to the nurse at the gender clinic. And um, well, I thought I did. And then I kept looking for her answer and realized I apparently didn't. But then this I is did. a thing that happens. Uh, especially when you're dealing with a portal. Because when I go into some portals, if you start doing something and you take too long to load the picture in or something, the whole fucking thing disappears on you. Yeah, that is a thing. So once I realized I didn't send it, I went back and sent it. I said, I thought I sent pictures. Apparently not. Here they are. And then I sent her additional picture, like she was asking for the picture of the lower area, but I sent her then another picture and said, it looks to me like these sutures are in the way. And she wrote back and said, if you can trim them without pushing or pulling, you should give it a try. It might help the areas close. Mm -hmm. So you did that for me. Yesterday I did that. And it's like yesterday you were having a hardcore depression day and we couldn't quite figure out what was up. 
Not me, obviously. I went back to bed at 10.30 in the morning, which is not something I do, but... No, it's not. But then eventually I came and got you out of the bed and said, no, we're going to do things now. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I can I can be helpful. I appreciate it. And one of the things was that after you took a shower, after having gone outside and done gardening with me and stuff, was after your shower, then we did take a look at those stitches. Yes. Um, and I think the, the biggest problem was I feel cooped up. I think that is the case. Yeah. Remember? I told you sometimes you wake up with a song in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other morning I woke up with Edward the Emu stuck in my head. Which is a children's story that you can recite the beginning of. Edward the Emu was sick of the zoo. There was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. I'm sorry, Edward. Right? <laughs> The boy used to like this book, and I'd, I'd read it all the time when he was little. Yes. So, yeah. But now you are stuck in our happy little zoo with our happy little monkeys. Oh, my God. <laughs> and speaking of the monkeys. Speaking of the monkeys, one of them had a like bad cough from some, I don't, we don't know what they had the other week, and they had the cough for quite a while. And allergies have been very bad for most people we know. They have. And this is a thing that's happened to number three child a few times where they'll get allergies and then it'll drip down the back of their throat and then they'll get a cough and then they'll get hoarse and it'll be ugly. Right. No fever, no other symptoms. No. So the boy got the same thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, he conveniently got it on Sunday evening. Of course he did. Yes. And decided that he needed COVID tests and he needed to stay home and he needed to not go to school. And eventually he admitted that he was not really like sick, sick, but he just didn't want to blow his nose in front of people. In front of people, that is somehow the epitome of embarrassment. When you're a teenager. I I guess. I'm sure I was embarrassed by equally ridiculous things when I was a teenager. I'm sure we were. But in any case, he stayed home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Despite the fact that I would not give him any game time, and I wouldn't even let him have television, television in quotes, until after he would have been home from school, and then I would make him put on a mask and wash his hands and do his chores. Just in case he did actually actually have some germ. Right. Well, and he was coughing all the time. We didn't need him coughing on everything. Right. So he did. And then I finally told him, you don't go to school Friday, you have no game all weekend, no PS4 at all. So your choice. And then on Friday at like six o'clock in the morning, I'm getting a phone call and you're getting text messages and emails from the school district saying, we are aware of threats that have been made on social media against our schools. They are not specific. They are not directed. We are working with school police. You should feel confident in sending your students to school today without concern for their safety. Yeah, I think the email came a little bit later than the phone calls. But in any case, the boy got to school and sent me a text about it. And this is a And thing. I was like, stay the fuck at school, man. Right. Because I saw the emails. I saw, I got the voicemail. And at that point, I'm looking and it's something that is like nationwide. There have been spotty social media threats made against various school districts nationwide. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking, we saw the email. It's never, it's never a good situation in the atmosphere that we have right now Mm-mm. for kids. But I was confident that he could stay at school. Yes. And I before was, I could text him back, he was calling me. I was confident that you needed him to stay at school. <laughs> I I understand that, you know, safety is the highest concern, but I was absolutely convinced that he absolutely needed to stay there. He did, because I can't drive. Otherwise, as I then, I think on Thursday, I was texting Zero Child and saying, your brother has been home from school all week, and I'm about ready to get in the car and go for some milk and cigarettes (laughs) in Canada. (laughs) 
So, because that's what they'll, that's what Zero Child will tell him all the time. They'll say, you're going to make dad go get milk and not come back from the store. Yeah. That, that's kind of been a long running joke of yeah. ours. So they don't take it seriously, but no. it's still. But I was also sure that some asshole somewhere or group of assholes decided they didn't want to go to school on a Friday. And so he did, he felt, he said there was nothing going on at school. He didn't feel concerned because there have been other times and there was another time when he was concerned and he did leave school mm-hmm. and that was fine. I, you know, I understand that. Yeah. But I felt like not only was he been, he had been fucking with me all week because he really could have just went to school. Mm-hmm. But now somebody else is too. Somebody other, somebody else's kid is fucking uh, with me. Not so, fair. But he, he said a lot of kids did go home, mm-hmm. but they had probably been at school all week. So I told him, stay. And then this last class was PE. And he said he really wanted to leave. And I said, you can leave. I recommend you go to the clinic at school before you leave. Mm-hmm. B- but it's your choice. And if you come here, do not ask me for anything until after school hours. And it- I, th- I figured then it, after school hours, he's going to ask me for something. I'm going to say, go do the shit you're supposed to do first. Chores, cleaning his room, doing his laundry, taking care of his own damn self, which has always been a challenge. But like, I think that's a good expectation that we can say, you can make your own choices and here are the consequences if you make this particular choice. We're not telling him, don't do that. Mm -hmm. We're not telling him, you must do this Mm -mm. because that's going to backfire. We're just saying, you're going to make your choices and here are the outcomes if you make this particular choice. Yes. So good job, dad. Thank you. But I was just like, please make it stop. There was no stop. There was no stop. In the meantime, we had talked to his counselor and other folks about... His case manager. Yeah, about his, his truancy, which has been a problem lately anyway. He has been true a lot lately. And between being sick and being more than a little bit manic and not having his IEP met. And so he feels like he's not being successful at school and it's kind of useless for him to be there. Yes. And they they were very welcoming about it. And we're going to solve the problem. And we've talked to him about it. But that was another reason he didn't want to be at school. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. He had end of the school year fever, as my sister said. He gets that every freaking year and he needs to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Because it's not going to make life any easier if he's only passing four classes out of 12 in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that and I know that, but try to tell a teenager something. You so. take six classes per semester, two semesters. If you're only passing four of them, you're going to be a freshman again next year. He's a, he's going to find that out. He is going to find that out. That's what Zero Child said today. Is he going to be a freshman again? I said, probably. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, that's embarrassing. I said, he's not going to listen to me. Right. And they're like, yeah, no kidding. They said they can say the same thing to him. And he's like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because they're not dad. Yeah. Because they're... The a cool sibling who does cool things and drives a truck and yeah has get, has money from a job mm. Mm. it's not magic that money oh speaking of which number two did attempt to apply for a job he did and he was very anxious about it and it was a really big deal for him but we managed with zero child's help and their partner's help mm-hmm. in convincing him to just try it you don't have to even take the job you just have to try to get an interview and see what it's like and he was really wound up about it mm-hmm. really angry at me why why I'm trying to make him get a job is the way he says it. And I said, you don't have to have the job, but you have to try to get one because I want you to see what that's like. We're trying to give you the life experience of applying and interviewing while we're still here to help you with it before you have to do it for your own damn self. 
Yeah. And then he was surprised when he went to the interview that it was very easy. So, I'm, And he's very sociable. He is very sociable. I question how easy it actually was if he just came home and told us that it was easy and he went there and like blew them off because he didn't want the job. No, he interviewed with them because I saw the email back from them. No, I don't mean blew them off as in like didn't show up. I mean like as in was not serious or, you know, earnest. No, about- no, I explained to him right before he went there and he was comfortable at that point. Okay, good. I explained to him the types of things they're going to ask and that, you know, he just has to, he doesn't have to make any decisions at that point. He just has to talk to them about how good he is with people and how he likes to be helpful and yeah. that kind of stuff. He was very comfortable when he left here. That's good. Yeah. And then he was very happy about the, the job interview was very easy. That's good. Because he's a teenager. Yeah. That's why. I think that it will probably, he can try a couple more times. And I think that there's about a 50% chance that he will need some sort of disability services to help him get a job. I think so too. But I want him to, I didn't want him having that hanging over him thinking he couldn't do something like go to a job interview. Yeah. You know, he totally can do it. Yeah. So he did. He didn't get the job. That's okay. Bagging groceries and corralling carts. They picked someone else. He, oh, might, well. he might try at the other grocery store. He might. Number three works fast food and has for over a year. And ever so often, number two will get jealous of number three having money and making all their own choices. And we're like, go ahead, go get a job, go make your own choices, go pass enough of your classes that we're happy to let you, you know, have the same kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, thank you. He always does. It's kind of wild. He does. Yeah. It reminds me of number one child. The 24 year old. Yeah. You'd offer him something very simple to do and he'd say, no, thank you. Well, and number three did the same thing some years back. Gosh, not even some years, some months back when you were trying to offer number two, a reward of some sort for keeping his bed dry for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And number three says, can I have that reward? And I said, yes, but your goal is not going to be keeping your bed dry because that's something you already do. It's going to be something we want you to like actually have improvement with. So we will give you the same reward. We will go take you for a tattoo mm-hmm. if you pass a nicotine drug test every week for two months straight. And they said, oh, never mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so like, yeah. again, it's that, it's that teenager thing of like, we recognize that you're going to make your own choices. You are going to smoke and we cannot stop you, but we can offer incentives for you to stop. We can offer consequences for yeah. choosing not to. That's, yeah. that's all we can do. Lack of reward. Lack of reward. Mm-hmm. Eventually they got their own tattoo gun and did their own tattoo anyway. Yeah, because they have a job. Because they have a job and they have money. (laughs) Yeah. So. Parenting is not for the weak at heart. It is not. Neither is surgery. No, it's not. Although since we got those um, unattached loops of stitching removed, you seem to be more comfortable. I am definitely more comfortable. I could feel them pressing, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want you to try snipping them the night before because it was already evening. And the last time I had touched them, I had gotten really nauseous. And I thought, I don't need to. You were poking and pulling at them and you kind of set yourself into a little bit of shock. I didn't pull on them. I just was like, what is that? And I moved it. Mm. And that was enough. That was enough to make me very nauseous. I'm sorry. Yeah. Reminds me of like your second or third shot that I ever gave you and you just absolutely turned green. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. It was funny. And so now you're poking at your surgery wound and absolutely making yourself turn green. Yeah. But then that was my thought was we don't want to do it right before bed either, because if I need to go back and do more to it, if I don't get close enough to the skin that you have a little piece that's rubbing or scratching or some sort of... Right. 
if we need to do more to fix it and make it comfortable, we need to do that early enough in the day that you can make those adjustments well before bedtime. Correct. But we did, and it seems to be working. Yeah, I was dreading it a little bit. I was afraid the ends would be pokey, ones that were snipped off, but actually it's totally fine. You you so. were able to stay still enough that I was able to get close enough to the skin that it wasn't going to poke. Yeah, so that was the recommendation of the nurse, and I am more hopeful that those areas will close. I am very hopeful also. So because mostly because it's nicer to hope for that than to hope for not hope that we have to drag you back and get the area sewn back up again. Yeah, I hope we don't have to do that. I hope we don't either. But if we do, I'm sure we'll talk about it to a microphone. Yes. And hopefully by then we'll actually be able to sit up by a microphone. We're still using a phone microphone so that you can lay back in the bed and record. Correct. With ice on. With ice on your nethers because sitting up is not good and doing anything requires ice after. Mm -hmm. So is that it for now? I would really like it to be it in a lot of ways, (laughs) but I think that's it for now. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. (laughs) You're funny. Thank you. Hey Siri, turn on zoom lighting. Oh, now I can read better. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. Hi there. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Ice is helpful. I'm glad ice is helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, ice still needs to be helpful. (laughs) Me too. Are we ready? Sure. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Hey Siri, turn on zoom lighting. It does that in the middle of my improv too. I always have to go book at the phone. Mm. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.